Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Coming to you live from stadiums all around the world. It's Footy Prime, the podcast. With Craig Forrest. Brendan Dunlop, James Sharman, and producer Dan Wong. Let's get this party started. Sweet music, courtesy JC Jeff Cole. Thank you, JC. Um, it truly is that the noise of fans in the stadiums, whether it's two thousand five hundred at a Montreal Canadiens game next week, or it's a, a few more thousand at the Premier League this week. It feels like normalcy's coming around um, everywhere outside of Ontario. But anyway, welcome to Footy Prime. We're all very happy to be here. And uh, it did feel like the game had come back to us a bit this week, didn't it, fellas? It's Fan Appreciation Day today on Footy Prime, the podcast. And and Craig, for someone that played in some of the most uh, volatile, vociferous stadiums in the world i'm sure there were times that you hated the fans just despised them but watching the games this week and hearing you know perhaps not forty thousand just yet but a few thousand it made it all the difference eh? it's just a different different experience as a viewer entirely well it's something we took for granted didn't even think anything of it and then all of a sudden this comes along and for months and months the teams and players had to adapt to it it's incredible to see how many I think in all in all, there was more away wins than there was home wins this year in the Premier League. Definitely helped Villa, that's for sure. Ooh. Another away win in front of fans. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, so Spurs, it's, it's fantastic. It is. Uh, it's the. It's not the same. And that's when you're a professional. You want to get to that level and play in front of crowds and excitement and and uh, everything that comes with it. Forrest, uh, Dickio said a couple of times, uh, you know, during the pandemic, he, he did enjoy watching it. It wasn't the same without the fans. Did you kind of have the same reaction? And if you did, did that surprise you? Because as you said, you know, you kind of took for granted the fans always being there. Yeah, I think you, again, what are your choices? You know, this, it, you have to deal with it. And we dealt with it for a long time without having any games. And that was shit, right? So I think it was good the way they dealt with it. They got games back. And just the fact that they were playing, um, some of the football was excellent too. Excellent football. So, uh, well, I think it helped, it helped right that this week there were really important games too. And a lot of pressure 
on these teams. I know watching that Chelsea match yesterday, there was one play, I'm sure you guys saw it, one play in the second half with um, with Rudiger. And he, he ran up the field, bit of a heavy touch. And then he, he did this kind of spinorama type thing, kind of Cruyff turn, another heavy touch, lost the ball, but then was going after it. You hear the fans going nuts in the background. He won the ball back, beat another man, another man then dished it off. And even the commentator said, man, I, I'm pretty sure he was feeding off the fans. And I thought the exact same thing as I saw that, you know, you wouldn't have seen that play necessarily, you know, two weeks ago without the fans in, in, in the building, because there was something, some drive there that was beyond the actual football itself. He, he found some energy from somewhere else. Yeah. And this is the interesting thing about home field advantagers in any sport and the crowd's influence on not only that, but the influence on the referees. Um, that's huge in football, probably more so than any sport. Um, but to see it come back like this and to appreciate it more, I think, I think just in general, the players are going to feed off it even more because they're just appreciating it like they've never done before. But it just goes to show you psychologically how if you get in the minds of players, and certainly the top players are like this in the top, top clubs, you don't, you should not, the game should not be affected. It's 11 v 11, should not be affected whatsoever by the, what's going on on the peripherals of the field. And if you put that and you block that out in your head, then you're going to be far better off. Uh, and it's an interesting way how it affects players in a positive way and how you deal with it as an away player. That's a good point because that's the old, you know, the old chestnut is, oh, when I hit the field, I just switch off the crowd. I don't hear the abuse. I don't hear the negativity. I just, you know, focus on my game. But the reality is you can't really switch it off, can you? When, it, when it's, when it's 40,000 people, especially in an English football stadium who you know, pretty much stadium by stadium, they're very close to the field compared to perhaps other stadiums around the world. You cannot switch it off no matter what they say. So I think you have to give these players a lot of credit for the quality of football we saw without the fans for the previous year or so. Yeah, but again, I think that the players, you know, that's what you want to do. I mean, we'll see some players take a dive when the crowds, not literally, but their performances might go down when the crowds come back and now the players will go the other way, you know. It's, some players will take that in a more positive way than others will. I tweeted during that Chelsea Leicester match when it got really heated there in the final 10 minutes or whatever it was. There's no way it got that heated if, you know, they were in an empty stadium. You just don't think that they would, you know, allow themselves to kind of get to that point and talk about Rudiger, who I forget who it was that he'd shoved, I think, that really kicked it all off. And I was kind of surprised to see the mob reaction to it because it's been so long since we've seen anything like that. It was almost like the, uh, the, the lid came off the kettle, right? It was like, ah, we've been so stressed for the previous 18 months, 15 months, whatever it is, too long anyway. And now oh, we can let loose and throw a few punches, a few kicks, a few shoves. Yeah. Uh, I think I thought this is pure relief from the players. I really enjoyed that, actually. It kind of kept escalating too, didn't it? It didn't, didn't slow down. It did. I was really surprised, actually, at how much I enjoyed having the fans there and felt like, you know, it made my match experience better because I'd heard Dickio say that before and I thought, well, I've still really enjoyed it and 
as Craig mentioned, the quality was still super high, you know, and give these players credit for still, you know, performing at the level kind of we expect them to without the fans being there. But Cavani's goal, um, uh, I mean, Reggaeon's own goal for Spurs, which was a phenomenal slice. That was a beaut, wasn't it? That was, he, he, if he tried that a hundred times, he wouldn't be able to do that again. Um, but he had such a shit game after that. And I wonder if he would have, you know, been able to just block it out as they're trained to do. If there weren't fans in the stands, he was garbage after that. It was t- clearly in his head the whole time. Yeah. It could well have been, but I think you're right though. I mean, the viewing experience is way better. I mean, we all knew it was canned, canned cheering and applause. Right. And at first, I hated it, and I didn't want to accept it. And I, whenever I could, I'd watch the natural sound. But then I realized how shit that was as well. So I actually preferred the, the canned applause compared to the no applause at all. Um, but then you compare that to the real thing, and it's just so authentic. It's just There is no comparison. I went back and forth. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is no comparison. I think it was in the Burnley match. Did the Liverpool score first in that match? God, Burnley? now they're all blending together. What, today? Yeah. Yeah, they won three 0 So I assume so. Oh, of course they did. Uh, like the uh, <laughs> the I forgot they're all blending together. I, I know they are. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, B was. Are you Dan Wong right now? Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I was watching. Th- I was watching like it felt like three games at once at one point, but maybe it wasn't even three. I, I just it was a full day of football. Uh, it had to have been the Burnley game, that Liverpool first goal, and they were so disappointed the home fans and in um what when they'd been using the can sound there was always some reaction from the home fans it was never the authentic reaction it was a kind of a you know a soft jeer a, ooh as opposed to uh the real reaction and this was, there was no like yeah and the burnley the burnley game there's there's no like oh for fuck's sake screaming <laughs> through the microphones was there you know during the can laughter it was very pg rated which was disappointing, I thought. But that's when, when I saw the Liverpool's game. Oh, great. The first game back with the fans, and we're at Burnley. Like, oh, for Christ's sakes, this could be the one. This could be tricky, couldn't it? And, uh, oh, it's my dog over my right shoulder. Um, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, I was a bit concerned. But in the end, it, it wasn't a problem at all. But um, imagine with 40,000 fans in those stadiums, right? We're not far off. At Euro, they're going to have 25% capacity at least and likely they're aiming for full capacity for the semifinals and the final at Wembley. I'm assuming they're not too stressed about this Indian variant, you know, making the rounds, but imagine that. I mean, it's going to be novel for us, right? Seeing potentially international football. Okay. But then with, with 80,000 fans, it's going to seem very odd. I think at first exciting, but odd. Yeah. But I bet you the atmosphere is going to be like second to none because people are going to be just on top of their game. All the fans just giving her like it'd be crazy. Yeah, I think one reason being these variants are still being the the vaccines are still being good and have been positive against the ones so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and deaths are going down, hospitalizations are going to go down. Yeah, there'll be a new variant by by July. You know, India will be so last month. It'll be something else. It'll well, be the dirty Dickio variant coming back from Arizona. <laughs> Assuming that's where he is, we don't know because Dario has ghosted us. Yeah, he has ghosted us. Remember that movie, uh, a Day of the Soldada, uh, with uh, Emily Blunt and the Mexican, the all yeah, the, Sicario, bro, Sicario. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's, a, that's the sequel, Dia del Soldado. That that's that's right. Oh. So I think Dickio has been taken taken hostage, or he's running the cartel down in Mexico. He could pass. <laughs> <laughs> Have I'm you heard in the cartel? Could you imagine? Hola, tienes drogas? 
Almost. Yeah. No, it'd be, it'd be the, the quiet, silent muscle in a cartel, I think. I don't think it'd be leading a cartel, per se. Why is that, Sharks? Why is that? Yeah. Because he's a thug. Yeah, no, mm. he certainly play that role better, wouldn't he? He would, wouldn't he? Nothing yeah. is, I'm sure, this is a great leader. I don't know. I've never played under him. But um, he's more. He, he struck me as being more of the thug, more of the, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of it, more of the Robert Carlyle, the Begbie, more of the Begbie than the... Um, Escobar. Yeah. But Escobar was also really good at math. See, that's why he was able to be the top, top guy. Was he? He was ruthless and he was real yeah. nasty and evil, but he was, was he also good at math. Back at school, do you think? Escobar? Uh, no, he was a math lead. I yes. think they, they often hire these people that are really good with numbers, but could you imagine him as a, as a math lead? Man, I wouldn't want to be a judge in one of those competitions. No, I guys, can I? I never jump in ever. But you're allowed to anytime. JC, JC decided to jump in, so guys, I gotta ask. You, you, you just came up with the Robert Kyle Begbie thing, or Carlisle, pardon me, who my mom really loves. Anyway, of this group here of Begbie, uh, Mark, Sick Boy, uh, Spud, and then uh, either the girl or. Uh, Tommy, who is that in this in the group of of, of the five of you guys on Footy That's Time? A great question. Tommy's dead, right? So should we rule Tommy out? He, he died of uh, maximatosis after he, I believe, had a brain hemorrhage. He did from too much smack use and HIV. That I believe. Shit. Okay, right? so and Tommy is toxoplasmosis <laughs> because yeah. Dickio's not here. Dickio's dead to us now. So okay. Tommy so is Dickio's Dickio. Tommy. Yeah. yeah, I also have no idea what you're talking about. I thought is the girl Blossom. Train spotting for Christ's sakes. You have to oh, B, come on. Isn't this is this one of those moments between me and you, B, when I realize how young you are? Yeah, definitely. I you know what? I will say that it's it's on the list of must watches. Uh Elaine and I have a list as well, and I've put it on there. I've just not got around to it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a fantastic movie. So so Wonga, what do you think? Okay, uh if I'm gonna give my my five, the Begbie out of the five of us. I think, unfortunately, I'm a mix. I, I'm a, would I get in a fight anymore? I probably would have at one point. I'd probably be the Begbie of the group. The psychopath. Yeah, I'm a little bit. You being a psychopath. Yeah, you don't know me that well all no, the time. No, that's true. I don't. I didn't know the younger you know? one there. Who would shit their pants like spuds? That's Craig. Craig would shit his <laughs> pants. He's spuds. Uh, what was the main character's name again? Mark Renton. Mark. You're Mark. You're Mark, James. You take off on us. Take all the money. Because I'm more of a controlled smackhead. That's right. And you're, you, you see the big game, the long game. Well, Mark also, after he stole the money from Begbie and his friends, he actually booed off to Europe and became a very successful DJ. That's right. That's right. Mm. Gregor? I, I appreciate it. Thank you. That's, I feel quite flattered to be called Mark Renton. But, and then I, JC would be, uh, what's his name? Rude Boy or Sick Boy. Sick Boy, yeah. So, yeah. well, then who would Dunlop be? We know why, you know, so, you the, know girl, beings, the girl. Sick Boy's got all the voices, right? Sick Boy <laughs> has beautiful hair. That's true. I'll right? take Sick Boy. I will yeah. take, I can come off Sean the Connery. whenever I want. Give us a Sean Connery impression. Do you see the beast? There you, you go. Have you got them in your shite? <laughs> Clear enough, wish money, penny. That was a that was an actual snippet from the film, and that's it for Jeff Cole on this episode. Have a great show. Well done. Uh, we can do a. I, I missed that. Like what do we? Like. 
what did we uh, think Dunlop was? Was he a decision there? We didn't... Don't know. Don't know. He doesn't even know the film. Wong it really said... made me sad. Yeah. Can I, I be uh, McEwen Gregor or uh, Ewan McGregor? No, can that's I be him? me. I'm Mark oh, Renton. That's you. You could be um, like Mark Renton's mum. That's right. Hmm. Okay. Lock him in a room. Lock him yeah. in a room. Give him some tomato juice. Cold turkey. And, yeah. And the thing is, Charms would reach into his ass and grab um, a pill <laughs> and then climb into a toilet. I could see that. Just for, uh, you know, he dropped his keys in the toilet while cutting his pies up. Worst toilet that. in Toronto? <laughs> yes. Where, where is the worst toilet in Toronto? That is one for our listeners to let us know, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Back to football. What's that, Craig? What? Can't hear you. You're Go covering your mic, buddy. How the hell am I doing that? I don't know, I don't but know. you were. You were. Can hear you now, you and you sound like an old man. Oh. <laughs> Look at you. It's just because you got a nice filter on you, a nice light. You like <laughs> you put all the lighting out before, like an hour before. Or yeah, that's totally it to warm it up. Yeah, I got a, I got a tan. I'm sitting out there with tin foil, so I can actually you know, take advantage of this 30 degree weather because it's probably going to snow come the end of the month. <laughs> so positive, aren't you? All right, back to the football, boys. And we saw today, given the results, we saw Leicester, I think I think for the first time this season, have dropped out of the top four. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, this campaign. I know we discussed it a little bit on Sunday's podcast. But Leicester right now, I mean, it all comes down to Sunday, of course. And either one of Chelsea, Leicester, or Liverpool won't be in the Champions League. Right now, the money would be on Leicester um, because Liverpool had the better goals differential edge. Although... Chelsea's playing Villa, correct? Leicester's yes. playing Spurs. Yeah. And Liverpool, Crystal Palace. But still, would you call that a setback? I mean, they won the FA Cup in the end. They got it. Great, fantastic. If, if they drop out of the top four, is it a setback, Craig? Or are we just kind of elevating them perhaps to a slightly unfair level here? Well, the fact that they're actually competing for the top four, you know, in that amongst the – they're not one of the big six, if you like, and they're – really since they won the championship they've surprised and kept surprising after that so you know winning the fa cup first time in their history adding to it seeing the ownership and the pride of that club i just don't see it being you know it'll be disappointing of course but still a fantastic fantastic season and obviously the cup win was a real cherry on top and a real bonus but they just can't finish out 38 match campaigns because the same thing happened last year where they fell out of the top four. And I feel like maybe the season before when Brendan Rodgers first arrived, perhaps it was, they were, they were flirting for quite a long time. And then it seemed as though the spring just kind of got to them. They ran out of gas. So I think that they, they must feel a lot of pressure and feel really unfortunate to be the ones not in the driver's seat and have the worst odds here because really they're, I mean, they got to be cheering for Villa. If, if Villa um, beat Chelsea, then there's a chance it's Chelsea that's the odd one out, but they have the it best is. odds of getting through. I think, though, with Leicester, this is where we see the difference between Leicester and the the super clubs in England, right? In that they haven't quite got the depth of, of the other guys. So when they get the injuries, they do have difficulty. For example, they lost Madison, right? They lost Harvey Barnes. Um, James Justin lost as well. It's all to injury. These are key, key players some of their best players. And although they have replacements, they're not at the same standard as perhaps the other teams. So that could be where we're seeing Leicester kind of fall into this, this no man's land between the, the, the big four. It's called them big four right now. And, and the rest, they're in that gap right now. 
And at some point, Arsenal will fill it as well. And maybe Spurs, who knows? But at the moment, I think it's depth is just so important, right, Craig, at, at this point of the season. Yeah, and that's why it's such a, a, an achievement, no matter what happens, because of that reason alone. you got to manage that. And then obviously, too, for any of those clubs, when you're playing in Europe and West Ham may be finding that out next season, uh, some kind, sometimes it can be uh, a difficult situation for clubs as a change, especially if you're playing Europa League games on Thursday nights and not Wednesdays or Tuesdays. It really disrupts your week. Then you're playing your Premier League games on a Sunday. It's, it, it just, it's really disruptive. And, and it's, you need a big squad to deal with all those things. You look at all those teams that, you know, don't usually challenge for Europe that make the Europa League, but Burnley did it a couple of seasons ago. Um, I, I remember Bolton a few years ago, and, you know, even Everton, maybe all of these teams who are you're excited to see them get a chance at Europe. And they always seem to really struggle. Very few of them seem to go on a run and get through the knockout stages. If it is maybe just, you know, adjusting to that, that schedule as a, you know, in part of needing a bigger squad and taking on opposition that you don't know as well and aren't able to scout as well. Uh, a lot of layers to it, but I, I'm always surprised at those teams that I'm kind of excited to see, get a chance to play in Europe and in the Europa league. And then they kind of crash out and it ends quite early for them. Well, I mean, it all depends too how serious you're going to take it. And I think clubs like West Ham are going to take it more seriously, quite honestly, even than Spurs took it. I mean, we were covering that with Sportsnet. You just saw that's when, you know, we saw Harry Kane come through. He played all those European games and did yeah. so. They, you know, they played secondary squads. They're trying to get through that group stage with this, you know, as less you know, amount of taxing to the bodies physically and mentally as they can. I get it. I wonder though, this year, it, because the, the, the season was so congested, right. And they crammed so many games into a short amount of time. There was less recovery this season than we've ever seen before for all of these teams. I wonder if we've learned anything from that, from a, you know, um, a biodynamic standpoint, from a physiotherapy standpoint, you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing like it before. They've had so little time, games crammed in you know three to a week on on regular basis so we'll see maybe that load management let's just steal one of your mate Alice McKechnie's phrases load management has that changed I wonder because of this season well I don't know if it's changed and I don't know if they care the the people that are making the decisions because there's been some game what is who is it recently or going on a is it Liverpool four games in eight days Uh, United United that's right yeah you know it's, it's just that's uh, you can't do that like it's just not right you know and i know the players are getting paid a lot but at the end of the day too i think the product you're putting out there suffers mm-hmm. and i think the when you look at other sports too like the nba when they try to cram a season together or even the nhl with covid and everything else in a short period you think Vancouver Canucks were putting a product on there that was really very good. I mean, it's, it's going to affect that, but they don't care. They're just trying to get the numbers in because on TV and da, da, da. So it's uh, it affects the product on the, on the, the viewers seeing as well with the amount of games that they play. That product has got to be so bad. I mean, I'm not throwing on the Canucks at two o'clock because there's too much soccer to watch, but I mean, they're playing the flames every day. What they, I think they did is seven games in 11 days. Like let these, these, they almost died all of them. 
let them be for God's sakes. I can't believe that they forced the Canucks back and I can't believe that they're making us, you know, uh, fill up these games on our score mobile list because I'm not watching these games. I was going to say making us. Yeah. How about this? Like the the players also in the NHL have to share, they share losses as well as profits. Mm. You're the Vancouver Canucks and you're like, yeah, you guys are fine. Like medical reasons, health reasons, don't play the games, but if you're going to get paid less money, they wheeled those guys out. There's no way they should have been playing. <laughs> you think any doctor would really advise anybody to go out there? Like, I know you're knocked it off, but it'd be like, no, I suggest you probably not play. We've got, we've got to see those we, conversations eh, this year behind the closed doors, eh, Craig, between the, the medical staff and team management. They must have been some very stressful conversations. Well, I talked to Alex McKechnie today, and he was on his way to the airport and he was pretty happy that the season has come to an end. Oh yeah. So laid off. Well, you have to see your Viagra commercials, fellas, you know, like that's what they're playing nonstop Viagra commercials during the pandemic. Yeah, they've committed. They've committed. They bought they the media time. Brand. They need their commercial time. They know their audience, obviously. Hey fellas, I wanted to ask you just cause like Europa is five through eight, correct? No, no, there's actually a new, there's a new tournament starting next season, which is below the Europa League. I think it's called the uh, Europa League shitstorm or something. I'm not sure what it's called, but the Back Garden Cup. Back, <laughs> back Garden Cup. So yeah. what's the, what's the Europa? What, who makes Europa then? It's five and the, oh Christ, where is it now? So the it's reason it's six. The reason that it's five and six, but yeah. the reason that it's not fixed and sometimes it ends up being five and seven is they always kind of change the quota to get in. So there was, remember the fair play rule. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, might've been West Ham or I think Villa were flirting with, you know, having not had many yellow cards that season and having played clean brand of football, but they finished 10th or 11th or something. And they were awarded that extra spot in the Europa league through a qualifying bid. So they're, they're always tinkering with that. But coefficients it's always, as well. always kind of it's always kind of five and six in England. And are they tink, are they are they tinkering though right up till the year the next year? Like no one knows what their the threshold is kind of as they are playing. Well, it's because it's different in every place, which makes it complicated for guys like us to be like, oh yeah, in Portugal it's this and that. So for example, oh. in, Port- in Portugal, there was a period there where they had three Champions League berths, so that it was I think it was maybe one. Europa League berth because of the assumption being they're on the lower end of the Champions League quotas. That team might not get through qualifying. Therefore, they're going to end up in the Europa League. And then as that switches, then that tinkers. So I believe they have like three slots that are Europa League slots. And so I guess the bigger question for me then, the final one about Europa, are teams, so it's Leicester. If Leicester doesn't make Champions League, it's West Ham and Leicester. They're five and six. Tottenham and Everton are, you know, at 59 points each. Are these guys fighting for it at this point for Europa League? Do they care at this point? I'm wondering, like, is this something that they, hey, we have to make Europa League? I don't think so. Greg, your mic's off, sorry. sorry. You mean West Ham and those guys? Yeah. Like, do they, like, are they fighting for that, making sure they're going to make and stay in sixth place? Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge, huge thing for the club. 
But I think that the question being is how much of a priority is it? So for Arsenal and for Spurs, when they end up there having missed out on the Champions League, it is a it's a loss. It's a losing medal. It's a really shitty silver medal to be in the Europa League. But mm-hmm. for West Ham, for Everton, for yeah, you know, up until the season, Leicester, uh, who were rarely in contention for European places, it is a big thing for them, and it's a great thing for their fans to go to deepest, darkest Bulgaria and have a match against uh, you know the, the Polish champions maybe one day on a on a Thursday night. Banana throwing racists. They, they could. You never know. They could. They get in there and they could be playing in a group with Juventus. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, don't forget. Also, it does bring some money in as well. I know it's nothing like the Champions League, but it does bring some money in. So, from the the hierarchies of these clubs, they want to qualify for for Europe. Well, it was no matter what it is. I mean, we, Sean, when we finished fifth, and the way the cups and everything else worked out, we didn't even get an automatic. Uh, UEFA, whatever was it called then? What was it called back then? Cup winners the cup? The UEFA the Cup. UEFA. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Europa yet, was it? You had to qualify, so, you mean? You didn't get an automatic berth? Well, yeah. Well, it wasn't even qualifying. There, was, We didn't get a spot, but we could get an Intertoto spot. Uh, so we qualified there. Like, we went into the Intertoto Cup, which we won to get into the UEFA Cup. But Harry was so ticked off that the way it worked, and then we finished fifth, and we didn't get an automatic spot. That he was like, "Ah, we're going into the inner toto." That meant we had to come back a month early. <laughs> Brutal. Well, so the new one this year is the uh, UEFA Europa Conference League, and that's the one that's going behind and below the Europa League. Which uh, let's not get into that because my God, who cares at this point? Uh, the end of part one though has come. And gone, part two is right next. Welcome back to part two of Footy Pram, the podcast uh, from discussing the, the Europa Conference League to, to Roy Hodgson. We're covering all the big hitters right now, all the sexy storylines. Roy Hodgson leaving Crystal Palace. Oh, and Big Sam Allardyce quit West Brom today. Failing. Coward. Oh, Big Sam. Maybe waiting for that next big Premier League job. He's not going to coach in the championship is he no chance but let's talk about Roy here Roy Hodgson I've always liked Roy Hodgson you can't dislike Roy Hodgson he's been much maligned in certain quarters though but I want to ask you guys quickly he's okay he's 73 he's been coaching for 45 years over under uh, over under just give me a closest two wins um nothing how many clubs has Roy Hodgson managed in his career so plus England Including right, England. Like clubs, uh, including just teams, clubs teams. and teams. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with nine. Nine. I'm going to say that he was probably at nine Scandinavian teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there, actually. Right, not far off. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say twenty. Twenty. Yeah, Wonger, Wonger, the, the the voice of education in football things. Thirteen. Sorry. 13. 13. Ooh, good guess. Good guess. Craig was one off. 21 teams. Wow. Now, part two of the quiz, name them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one was the Scandinavian. I'm going to say they're, uh, they're either Norwegian or Swedish. Craig, you keep changing your profile of your, of your uh, computer. Yeah. You're c- covering your mic up there, buddy. You put it into your chest. 
I don't, yeah, you took something out. You're moving it around. You're like the old man that have to teach how to tie his shoes again. <laughs> what the hell is going on with you? We can't hear you. Where's my mic? There it, it is. is. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Your mic is on the laptop. So can you hear me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we hear you. People, people listening are hearing you too I'm right now. Years younger than uh, Roy. <laughs> Most people are. But uh, I don't know, I've heard Roy do talk sport, and he's cleaner than this, buddy. I would say outside of his uh, the first twenty years of his career, there was a stint at Bristol City. Other than that, I would say that was a, yeah, he was away for. I think he was even in Inter Milan before. He was yeah. a, oh god, Inter. Craig Craig knows is Roy Hodgson. He, they were in his first team, Bristol City, but Homestad, you mentioned, they were the first team. Wow. Um, then it was Bristol City. Same year, Odervold. Then Arebro, Malmo, Neuchatel, Zamax, Switzerland, Inter Milan, Blackburn Rovers, Inter Milan as a caretaker oh. coach, Grasshoppers, Copenhagen, Udinese, the UAE, Viking, Finland, Fulham, Liverpool, West Brom, England, and Crystal Palace. What a freaking career, though. People make fun of him. I don't like that. What an incredible career over 45 years. People make fun of him because when he was at Liverpool, he looked like he'd been coaching for 45 years. And people just wondered, like, who's taking care of the toy store? You know, <laughs> Kevin McAllister and company are just running riot. Who's taking care of the toy store? Is he going to go back there? There's my Pesci. movie reference that none of you Joe, guys Joe, No, we got it. Joe Pesci showing up, knocking on doors. I get it. He, Roy Hodgson looks exactly like the old man that ran the toy store in Home Alone 2. <laughs> Home Alone one was he in that one two. too? No, no. Just I haven't the, seen it, two actually. It was when he went to New York and hung New York out City, at Trump's. Man. And he hung Why out at Trump's. Home Alone one actually come to think of it. Oh my god! And you're a father? Come on! What about the holidays? My kids are more into De Niro. <laughs> they don't know what they don't know. Precisely. Home Alone. Jesus. So tell me, tell me more about the Europa Conference League. Uh, I don't my, want to. My wife, my, my wife, two teams. It's like everything else. 32 teams in the seventh place. I think God. seventh place teams. And I don't know what else, maybe eighth. I, I these, haven't really researched it. All these teams from these countries that we never think of that they just, they're, they're named after a guy. It sounds like, Oh, Tottenham takes on like this guy from Moldova today because it's like some dude's name. I'll tell you this, I one, I, I'm just put, putting out there right now. I would be more than happy to host live coverage of the <laughs> Europa conference league this season. Okay. Just putting it out there. You know my number. Yeah, I remember we used to go, oh, no, the Europa <laughs> League. Now we'd be like, yeah, sure. I'd yeah. love to. Applewell. Nice. <laughs> Applewell Nicosia. Love Applewell. God, Aston Villa. What is it next? Nicosia or Nicosia? Which one yeah, is it? Who exactly. says it that way? You idiot. You're spinning it all wrong. That was our old boss. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, Roy the... Hodgson's on his way. He's retiring. Wants to spend more time with his, his missus and his grandkids. And he goes, I still got energy. People oh. think that when I retire, I've got no energy. I've got nothing left. I've got lots of energy. I just want to put it somewhere else now. That's what he says. So oh. I respect that. Bullshit. <laughs> He's got nothing left, has he? That was exactly the reason why uh, Sir Bobby Robson didn't retire. He was like, I just don't see myself at 3 o'clock at Sainsbury's. <laughs> Yeah, it's an adjustment, I imagine, right? Fuck, are you kidding? I think uh, when Fergie was going to retire in 2000, and was it eight? He came really close to it. And in the end, his, his wife, Kathy, said, no, you cannot retire. I, I can't have you around the house. 
There's no way. <laughs> She's used to it as well. She enjoyed the peace and quiet of him being away for 10 months of the year. Do you think uh, West Brom should have fired, or not fired, let Big Sam go, or should Big Sam have left West Brom? I mean, do you think he's got any chance of getting a, a bigger job than that at the moment? No. Surely his boat sailed. I think that uh, he's, he's one of those for hire guys, and it didn't work out for him. I don't think there was any intention for Big Sam to stay there long-term. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a short-term fix, they hope, because he had never been relegated. Yeah, exactly. It's West, I wanna, I'm going to offend West Brom fans here. I know I am. I just am. But, oh, well. Like, is there a team out there that captures less imagination when you see it on, on a fixture list than West Brom? No. There isn't, right? I don't know what it is about the baggies. I just have, there's nothing about them. It never has been. It's like, oh, West Brom's been promoted. Oh, God. Oh, they've been uh, renegade. Okay, no worries. It's because they're such a a yo-yo club, and when they come up, they never really, like, leave such a mark. But there's been others like that that have have now, you know, gone up and down repeatedly. Like, Norwich is getting like that to me. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, Delia's nice, and ooh, yellow and green looks cool, and oh, we'll find some Scandinavian striker no one's ever heard of. But really, like, get out of here. Like, hey, put an effort in to stay up or get out of here. Bad mouth Pookie. He scored a lot of goals this past season. Hey, you know, Middlesbrough was that team for me as well as a kid. Oh, Middlesbrough. Yeah. It's like, man, But they're some good players, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Just didn't give me anything. Hall City, Derby, these yeah. teams that these teams that yeah flirt with being yo-yo clubs, you know, keep coming up and down. You know, uh, Stoke maybe didn't inspire a lot of people when they were they were up. They kind of became that Brighton where you, you felt they weren't going to get relegated. They were, just, they were a bit like Burnley in that in that they were so blah. You began respecting them for being <laughs> blah every single year, but blah was enough to survive. Remember for like, there was a few years there when Mark Hughes and they were like, oh, we're, we're, we're ready to move on from Mark Hughes. We want to play a better brand of football. Fuck. <laughs> they end up in a, now look at them. You know what I mean? Like, yep, I think exactly. they replaced it. Didn't they, was it Tony Pulis? Who came in after? Or was Pulis before? Pulis was before. He was super. He was before. That's right. Yeah, he was superb. Yeah, Pulis was there for years, kept him in the division. Stoke oh, We want to play a good brand of football. <laughs> well, they were. There was a period though where they they bought some Barcelona players, Ibrahim Afale and uh, the young kid Boyan Kirkic was Boyan there. Boyan Kirkic, that's right. They they did. They tried. They really tried. They they failed miserably, but they tried. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, it's, God, there's some boring topics today, aren't there? <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you guys. There's, you know, in the NBA, uh, you've got the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the worst one of the worst teams, worst franchises, and you have the New York Knicks, horrible owner, and they actually moved up this year. Who would you say is one of those teams? I know you guys threw like a Stoke, a Hull City, but who is that team that is known to be, they're always hovering because they have money, but they, they're known to be a shit club, shit franchise, and we'll all, you know that kind of thing, like a Minnesota. Canadians. <laughs> That's a, a homer real loaded, for you. Real loaded question you ask there, producer. Milwaukee uh, Brewers. Yeah. No, Milwaukee's always been a uh, a small a small franchise winning team. Milwaukee. Winning? Have they been winning? Have they? Yeah, they used to. Yeah, for the money they spend. Yeah. 
It's like the Oakland A's money ball. But who's the team that you always said, oh, they're like you, you said a Burnley, a Bromwich, you know, what are, what's the team that you sit there and go, oh, they're always going to underperform. Is it like a, a Tottenham? Is it one of those guys yeah. where you, yeah. Spurs, very good. Is it uh, the Spurs? I would say Spurs. Yeah. Or, you, look, you look at the reaction Wong or to them being included in the super league where people, Oh, like, I know. I know. Are you kidding yeah. me? And yeah. they, they were the butt of the joke. Right. And right. Daniel Levy, Oh, we didn't want to be left behind. Well, they yeah. got like almost a verb, right. That being Spursy. Yeah. Right. Having a lot of talent and surely this is the year they found the solution to their, their woes. And no, it goes wrong again. Well, and you look at them now, they're in disarray again this season with, with Harry Kane more than likely leaving. Yeah, isn't uh, St. Saint Tottenham's Day? St. Yeah. To- uh, Tottingham's. Tottingham's. What the hell is it now? Oh, fuck you, Craig. Oh, and you think you're going to be hosting the uh, <laughs> Europa Conference League? No, over. <laughs> you're right, though. St. Tottering's Day, isn't it? Tottingham's yeah, Day. Yeah. This is where we step in and ask for sponsorships, for weed. Sponsorship. <laughs> we need some weed sponsorships sponsorship. for sure. <laughs> we need a new host. Please, we need money. <laughs> You know what I that think it's St. Tottering's Day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, something like Elf. We'll find out before, but it's. Uh, do you know what it is? Educate us, yeah. Londoner. It's, it's when they officially finish above or below Arsenal. Well, it's when they finish below Arsenal, right? <laughs> so Arsenal call it St. Tottering's Day. Yes. Right. Right. That's great, though. But I mean, look at Spurs this year again. They enter the season with Mourinho. With the, the, the documentary last year, man, this could be a pretty good year for Spurs, right? It's been a terrible year. Kane's come out saying he wants to leave. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan Mason replaced Jose Mourinho three or four games ago. He hasn't been the next one. Um, and, and there are tonight, Daniel Levy has come out and apologized to the fans, saying that, yes, we at the boardroom level have made mistakes. Man, it's all falling apart there. And I know you never, with, with three years on his contract still, it's not going to be easy for Kane to leave. And I know Dan Levy's the toughest negotiator perhaps in the league, but I can't see him staying at this point. I can't see him staying either. And I thought it was crazy symbolic uh, to watch him clap the fans off in what Spurs' last match of the season and, you know, be alone because it's like, really, he's been alone for a few years and you think there's no one near his level. There's been some great players that Spurs have had around him and, that you know, got they got to a, a Champions League final and, you know, a couple of cup finals and that. And, and uh, But there's absolutely no one at his level. And uh, it's strange to see him show a bit of emotion because I don't think you see anything either way. But it seemed as though that that, that meant a lot to him, uh, clapping off those, you know, 8,000 fans or whatever it was in the, in the ground. So I don't know how they're going to be able to, to cash in and get some money now, but there's he's such an incredible talent. There's definitely a few teams that can, you know, find a way to come up with 80 million or whatever it might be to uh, have Daniel Levy budge. And I don't think that he's in a position where he, he can't take that type of money right now. But is Kane worth, is he more worth more this, this summer than next summer when perhaps financially, economically, the world's a bit more normal? Mm, he's 20, I, he's turning 28 at the beginning of, of this upcoming season, right? So he's still not old. The reality he's is prime. he's got, you know, say two, three top years left, you would say. I think the reality is, though, at that level, and Craig, I'd love to hear your take, that type, quality type of player, there's always going to be, it's still the same few teams. So it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter to them. You know, remove Real Madrid and Barcelona, yes. But PSG, Man City, those teams that would have been in anyway, 
the difference between 80 and 120 to them is absolutely nothing. And so I really don't think, you know, next year would be any different. If anything, you know, get him, get him now. He's, he seems to me like that Robin Van Persie transfer to United where you've got, you know, two, three years of him being at this level again. So get him in as quick as you can. Who can afford him? City, United, PSG. He's not going to France, so he wants to stay in the Premier League. It's City or United for me. Yeah. Who, who should? So I, I actually put a poll up on, on Footy Prime's Twitter feed. It basically said, who should fandangle their, their FPP to, to sign Harry Kane? And uh, the options are City, United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. United at 41% was the overwhelming favorite to sign him, uh, followed by City and Liverpool, both in 22%, Chelsea at 15%. A lot of United fans. <laughs> yeah, that. I guess that's what it is. But oh. I mean, for me, it seems more of a natural fit there. I don't know why. Sometimes you can envision names on shirts, right? I can't see him on on a Chelsea shirt at all. I can see him on a, on a United shirt. Maybe it's because we still think of them as needing a proper number nine. They, I mean, they haven't. You know, they've constantly tried to replace Van Isleroy for years. And Falcao was there, uh, Lukaku, and it just hasn't like truly worked. But they've still, you know, even now they kind of you know rotate with Rashford this and that. But you you still want them to have a, a real number nine. And I know Cavani wears number seven, but he started to really look like that. Um, but I don't know if he's sticking around. You also think that the ownership. As, as they are and, and what they've experienced the last few months, they could buy some pretty great PR Yes, by buying Harry Kane this summer. Fans are fickle, right? And they're sure the hardcores are still hate the Glazers and for rightly so. And, you know, one player, it goes, it, the issues there transcend the player. I understand that, but you know how fans are. If they went out and signed Harry Kane before Euro, it'd be a lot quieter around Old Trafford. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll ever change. I think the fans will always dislike them. I don't think that'll ever go away. But I, I agree with you. It would certainly quiet down. That's what they're hoping. They're hoping that this is, you know, just fish. fish yeah, I kind of think it is too. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm not just United overall. I, I think perhaps they can force and change, you know, within, within the government to, to, you know, avoid Super Leagues. But from a fan revolt standpoint, we know how fans are. We're fans. We get all our knickers in a twist, and then they come in twisted, get untwisted pretty quickly as well. I think the difference between the Glazers and Kroenke at Arsenal is Kroenke doesn't care about winning back that fan love. I own this team, and I'll, I'll do what I want. I, I feel as though I'm putting out a competitive team, and this, that, whatever hasn't worked out, but I'm, I'm definitely doing what I should be doing in this position, whereas I think the Glazers would, yeah, absolutely, you know, at least allow themselves to be talked into that. Like, you get some really good PR here, Joel, if, uh, if you know, you, you wrote a big check for Harry Kane, this would really go a long way, and they'd find a way to use debt to uh, do it and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dock points from them, and I don't think that whole thing is dead yet. Deducting points from these Super League teams? You don't yeah. think so? You think that could happen still? I think something could happen. I don't know. Just got a thing. I don't know. It, it hasn't gone away, and it shouldn't. They really no, shouldn't. Deducted points. Leicester better hope so, because if they deduct points, they're to be the biggest beneficiaries, because you know they can't make these teams lose enough points for C to lose the championship. Well, right. I'll put it into next year. I don't next think year. I don't think you no. could possibly do it this year. So they'd all they'd all start with a minus ten points. 
or something like that. That'd be amazing. What a great season that would be. <laughs> so competitive. <laughs> yeah, they'll all be like right at the end of it. Finally, yeah. Decision day means something here. We got a comment on that poll by uh, at Cayenne Chai. And, and she goes, basically, what about Leicester for Kane? And you know what? A few years ago, we would have dismissed that with a laugh. And I think Kane would fit beautifully at Leicester. I just don't think they're there yet. They're not at that level, unfortunately. Forget the money involved, whether they can afford them or not. I think, like I said before, Leicester, as much as they've been top four all season, they're kind of just a little bit outside the big four. And that's why I don't think they'd be attractive to, to a Harry Kane. Am I wrong? They're a selling club, not a, really a buying club. So far, you're right. But they buy really well oh, when they yeah. do buy. And they started to spend some real money, right? Like the Kalechi Iheanacho signing, I think, was the, oh, okay. Like, they're for real. That They have graduated to that tier where Everton and Aston Villa used to be. It's like really big club, just not a big six club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So big six is still Arsenal still there and Spurs then? Is that who the other two are? Still, definitely when it comes to spending, yeah, because they're, they're still able to. I think Arsenal is going to be, you know, linked with still the same caliber type of players that they've brought in. Uh, you know, Pep hasn't worked, Pepe hasn't worked, but seventy million, like they're they're still going to be looking to, you know, attract those type of players. Be it a uh, Grealish or maybe it's, you know, you know, Holly Watkins. Obviously, I'm being really like local here. Um, You're self hating you know, too. I'm also very fearful that yeah, that losing the two of them would just be bloody devastating. They got 70 minutes out of Jack Grealish in a start, which was nice. Um, getting him tuned up for the Euros, I think he'll be the most important player for Gareth Southgate. But then again, I may be biased. Well, if he gets in the field to start, I mean, I, I should. I love. But he should I be think, on the field. How do you fit him and Phil Foden on the same same team? Oh, so that's the new Gerard and, and, and uh, Raheem Sterling, and and uh, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. At least there's 26 man squads now, right? There's 26 man squads, so at least there'll be less controversies as far as the squad selection, you know. But as far as uh, you know, starting 11s, I don't know. Are Gerard and uh, are um, Grealish and Foden? Excuse me, the new the new Gerard and Lampard. How do you fit them in the same team? Because I hadn't thought of that until Maybe. you just kind of said that. Yeah, they could be. I mean, different players, obviously, but I see what you're yeah. saying. But, it's but, just, got, but there's more than two that you put. You, 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 you include Sterling in that as well, I think. Right. And then what about, you know, I know he's, he has, he's been hurt and out of form there, but Madison, right? What about Mason Mount? <laughs> there's a wealth of good midfielders in England right now. A wealth. It really is a, you know, a real golden generation that England have. Again, you look at the team that they took to South Africa 2010, and we thought, look, this, they might not have a better chance than this. And you look at this team now, and I think, God, this isn't even as good as this, you know, this side will be in uh, come the next tournament, come Qatar, which is 16 months away. Um, they're going to be, you know, incredible England. Well, you know, when Southgate will still play Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson together in the same team, probably. <laughs> he loves that, right? You're done with them? I, Not for I, you. I, love, I, love, I love both those players. I love them both. I'm a huge Jordan Henderson fan. And Declan Rice is going to be in that position for many years for his country. I just don't think you need both those players in the team at the same time when you have this wealth of attack and talent there. So, but hey, call me Johan Cruyff. <laughs> no one will for. ever call you Johan Cruyff. <laughs> no, yeah, you see my Cruyff turn. <laughs> um, uh, Wonga, is, is it time? Yeah, it's always time. time it's to, you know, 40 you know picks. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. Come on, Craig, help me out. 
on forty prime. prime. <laughs> okay, we've got three games for you. You know the games, boys. They're the big ones. Leicester Spurs, Villa, Chelsea, Liverpool, Crystal Palace. Rather than perhaps talking about each individual game, you can do if you like, but how is this going to pan out? Who's going to be the odd man out by the end of Sunday? Craig, starting with you. Hmm. Just to remind you, it's Leicester Spurs, Villa Chelsea, Liverpool Palace. What do you mean the odd one out as far as getting in the Champions League? Yeah, yeah. Which team's missing out? Right now, it's uh, Leicester sitting on the outside looking in. Yeah, I know. They're playing Spurs. They are at home, though. Whereas Chelsea's at Villa Park. Liverpool at Anfield. Ooh. I think Leicester miss out. I think they all win. Yeah. Do you think Chelsea might have one either in the Champions League final the week after? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, right? Yeah, I think they could. I think it, this is a really you know bad and stressful week for Chelsea. Go ahead, Craig. They're, uh, they're in next year anyway. If they win it, yeah, you're right. They've got two, two chances. Well, not really the play in Man City. Who just lost to Brighton, by the way. <laughs> right. But, I mean, Chelsea can't afford to take their eye off of it against Villa. And, you know, Villa looked pretty good against Spurs. You say what you want about Spurs, but Villa really should have – we're unlucky to have only won 2-1 today. That should have been at least three um, – Mind you, Spurs had some great chances as well. Edmund Martinez was huge. Uh, Bergwijn had a phenomenal game, so hopefully he's in the Dutch side. But I, I feel as though just, yeah, the odds are, are stacked against Leicester, and it's really unfortunate. Um, it's possible that Chelsea slip up. I mean, they haven't r- really been consistent. Um, even under Tuchel, they've certainly improved, but uh, they could they could trip up, and that would just be crazy. I really didn't think we'd be at this point where we're talking about Liverpool having a real chance to to do it. So I'm stunned by it. I'm stunned. I don't crazy. know how they've managed it. They've fluked their way up there. But now really. that they're now that they're there, now that they're there, they're going to get the job done. And I feel as though just you know Leicester haven't proven that they can close it out. Really, they Leicester need a thirty match season. Uh, so I say Leicester miss out. No love for uh, Palace, eh? In Roy Hodgson's last game in charge, you know, doing one for the gaffer at Anfield. They're already on holidays, Palace. Yeah. Book the Dubai trip, yeah. Vegas. Well, Craig, you tell us about that. You know, you've been in that position. Last game of the year means nothing. You're not going to win anything. You're not going to go down. I mean, are you really playing in, in your flip-flops, as Dickie would say? Um, it's one of those times when I would say yes. Yeah. A little bit. I remember Harry Redknapp would be like, lads, the club get an extra million to whatever it was for position bonus, right? Right. Lads are like, yeah, okay, Harry. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't matter. What about the one? I mean, there must be some players playing for contracts, though, playing for next season. Oh, yeah. But I guess you can't really prove much in the last game of the year. It's one game, right? I mean, you can't make up for a season of crap play in one match. No, exactly. But I mean, you go out there, but it's like it's you're you're looking forward to the it's the last game of the season. As long as you haven't got anything to fight for, you don't want to be in a relegation battle on the last game of the season. I've done that. That's the worst, especially when you have to play Alan Shearer and Sutton away from (laughs) get at least a draw. Oh God, yeah, that's no fun. But we did draw. Is that the year you went down? 
No, we did it. We got a nil. We drew nil nil. And uh, Steen scored a last minute goal against poor old Sheffield United that actually relegated Sheffield United and we stayed up. Well, I was thinking of some heartbreak. Yeah, the Blades definitely are. I mean, they might win the league when it comes to heartbreak. They'd be up there, Blades fans for sure. Every time they just get a taste of the Prem. I mean, God, look, look at COVID. The biggest losers of COVID were Sheffield United. No doubt. They were oh, incredible. It's a great excuse. One of the two, right? Either they're really unlucky wow. or what a great excuse for them. Because they overperformed so much last season. They really did. I don't know what's right. But... Remember West Ham got them uh, with that illegal Tevez? Mascherano, yeah. Mascherano, then somehow Te- well, they end up staying up West Ham and Sheffield United go down and they find West Ham, but they didn't take any points off them. Yeah. yeah poor old Sheffield United. Yeah, look that one up. Steen, and what year would that be? 90, 94, I guess. That was a crazy day. I think there was five teams that could have been relegated on the last day. I can't believe the the last day of last season. I remember it was a sun, Sunday, of course, and I'd gone to Mississauga to play soccer with the construction workers. I thought I can get in the car, you know, to to hear kickoff. And I was going to have Dizone play it on the phone and play through the radio. And I thought, God, if if Bournemouth stay up and Villa go down, like I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch football for the next season. Villa can't go down again. I, I don't think I can handle them in the championship again. And just knowing the disaster that would have come, obviously they would have lost Grealish. They would have lost any hope that they had. And you look at Bournemouth now flirting with coming back They're in the playoffs. I think it's an exciting playoff. I'd like to see Brentford come up, to be honest. They're due. They've been flirting in the last couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, been- they're due. And what, what a great team. Talk about a selling club. Brentford are the Leicester of the championship. Have to continue to sell their best players and still kick at the top. Didn't you feel, though, when Villa went down that, that season or two, B, didn't you find yourself enjoying the game from a more pure standpoint? You weren't just blinded by the glamour of the Premier League lights. You got to watch, or oh, sorry, got to stream probably, <laughs> your team week in, week in, taking on the big boys of, of the league championship, the, the Middlesbroughs and the Stokes and the Brentfords. Must it was nice to finally see some wins, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that stretch there was, you know, to get to a playoff spot. Uh, one, once they, they let Di Matteo go, and it took a season, and then, um, yeah, they got, they got really close and lost to Fulham. That was heartbreak. Do you remember that? We did a, fo- we did a footy talks before that um, Champions League final. It was Liverpool lost to Real Madrid. Right. Same yeah. morning that Fulham and, and Aston Villa had played, and I watched that on my phone on the zone at the big bar that we were at. And then the final whistle just gone. Oh, coming to the stage. Here's James Sharman, Thomas Dobby, and Brendan Dunlop. I wanted to die. <laughs> it was awful. Well, that's the old question, right? Is it better to watch as a true fan of a club? Would you rather watch your team boss and dominate a promotion run in the league championship or watch your team crash and burn horribly in a relegation season in the Premier League? Answer that one, Craig. Uh. Well, you don't really have a choice, do you? But I'm giving you a choice. It is, <laughs> if you win the division below and you struggle in the top flight, especially the first year, it's it's a bittersweet thing because you're just it's only months before that you're having this great party and it was a massive thing and Man United and they're all coming to town and they can smash every week. That's when you got promoted, Craig. Though I mean. 
how long was the party? I mean, before you started seriously like looking ahead to, okay, man, now boys, for those of you guys that don't know, you know, what it's like to play that level up, it's a big difference. You got to start getting your, your game faces on now. Mm-hmm. Well, we were lucky because when, if you win it or it comes second, you're automatically promoted. So you get a little bit more time mm. and those extra few weeks, those other teams are playing and they don't know whether it's going to be them or not that wins the playoffs find a little bit more difficult sometimes from that. So we were pretty, pretty confident that we would stay in the division the next year. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of confidence that went into that, but you got to get off to a good start. Cause if you don't, then it starts to weigh on you and the, the quality doesn't stop. It keeps coming out every week and it's, yeah, it just becomes relentless. So when it does go the wrong way, like it did after our third year in the premier league, it's uh, it's a sour last few months. Yeah, I can imagine, right? Because all the eyes are on you as well. It's not like you can hide away. No. But that, first, but that first golf game is the sweetest you've ever had, right, Greg? You're swing. You're the happiest man on that golf course. Well, you know, I didn't, it wasn't something I went straight into playing usually because you had national team games a lot of times. So maybe every other or third year you might have – a golfing holiday set up, but generally there's national team tournaments and they like the three nation tournament in the summers. I took a few of them off, but just because. And far too often relegation was such a threat for you that you couldn't really book that Portuguese holiday come May, you know, and get, get ready to just bring the clubs out. So you had, to, you had to make sure that you could afford to do those trips next season and stay up. Exactly. Um, was your sure. deal Craig always for less money in the league championship did you know that or what's that was your was there a clause in your contract that if you get relegated you're going to be on different money no compared to, no you say money no matter what yeah and this is the problem that nobody's going to sign that contract any of these players that sign for Norwich next year or whatever they're not going to sign that and that's why there's a parachute payment right and it's quite significant for the first year and second year and then it drops down, but it puts those teams that get relegated in a, in a quite a unfair advantage that you have to take advantage of for those years, or otherwise you end up falling into the mix. Like all these other clubs, if you look right through the division one after another, have been in the premier league at some stage. Well, that's exactly why Sorry, go ahead. that's exactly why right that norwich and bournemouth are flirting with coming back up again and norwich keep coming you know norwich don't spend when they're in the prem they go back down and they come straight back up and the other clubs want these clubs to come back up again straight away because you, you're guaranteed three years of parachute payments right but if you get promoted the first year all that money that would have gone to you where's that going it's going back into the pot in the premier league isn't it uh that's a good question i'm not sure i think that's the case yeah, probably wrong. They don't get it. You're right that they don't get it. No, they won't get yeah. it. No, no. So where the, where the extra money that would have filtered down to these teams to help them survive, I imagine it goes back into the prem pot. It Not keeps going up. That, that that parachute payment like continues to go up. Aston Villa got like a hundred million when they went down. Yeah, it's it's wild money. The fact that these you know the same three teams don't come immediately back up straight away um, just you know shows how how great football can be where you still got to play the games. The fact yeah. that you can still get a Huddersfield and these teams to come up. All right, guys. Well, thank you. We're into our last minute here. So it's always a pleasure. Our thanks to Amsterdam, Breer, of course, DeanBlundell.com, Blue Mikes, and Dero, My Life. Available at Bookstore 
near you. Please subscribe and follow on all our social platforms. We're back again as soon as you can say Ipswich for the Premier League. Cheers for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.